0: What is stream coaching actually like? When you hire a stream coach, what happens? What kind of advice or information are they even going to give you? Well, today's episode, you're going to figure that out, baby. I am so excited. I think you're really going to like this one. Let's do it. Support for the Stream Coach podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. They have an exclusive offer for listeners of the Stream Coach podcast. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STREAMCOACH at manscaped.com. Just make sure you don't use the same trimmer on your face. That's pretty gross. (laughs) So get 20% off and free shipping with the code streamcoach at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code streamcoach. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped what's up everyone welcome back to the stream coach podcast this week we are going to have on zini gami who is one of our coaches inside of stream coach academy he is going to give you his uh, advice some information from his perspective and you're going to learn a little bit more about his coaching style which is very different from mine so those of y'all who don't super resonate with my style you will probably really like his but before we get into that just a little bit of housekeeping But before we do that, just a little bit of housekeeping. You can go to streamcoachacademy.com to learn a little bit more about our six-week program. Or you can actually hire Zinigami if you go to streamcoach.tv and go to the Hire a Coach section. We're also looking for more coaches. If you are interested in learning more about coaching and potentially becoming a coach yourself, you can apply by going to streamcoach.tv and going to the Apply uh, or become a coach section. So you will see that on the actual website. And let's jump into this conversation with Zim Nigami. It's going to start off a little weird because I, I hit record a little bit too late. I didn't think he was going to start as early as he did, but he did. So and you know what? It's fine. He sucks anyways. <laughs> All right, let's go.
1: Stream coaching back when Streamlabs Guild first launched A long long time ago and if you ever remember Streamlabs Guild this is in a time when Streamlabs actually tried a bunch of different products. Streamlabs used to do a bunch of small little things and then they started Streamlabs OBS and they have been a different beast altogether now they are acquired by Logitech and I don't know anyone who works at the company anymore but I used to work with a lot of people at Streamlabs with a lot of uh, beta testing a lot of their products Streamlabs guild launch and i did some coaching with them and i've been coaching ever since and for me i only really want to work with clients or students who have cut their teeth a little bit on content creation and i live on a completely different plane of energy than ashney Ashley is so uplifting uh let's all work on this together and i like to start off with you're bad at content creation that's why you're talking to me in the first place you're 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 not good let's assume that you're bad and let's work on making you better like yeah. i want that to be the angle i want you to feel like you've gotten something out of the conversation i want you to feel like this has been incredibly valuable to you but i'm going to start off assuming that Something is wrong, mm-hmm. and needs to be fixed. And I think that not everybody is cut to be out as uh, cut to be a content creator. It's not for yeah. everyone, and especially content creation with the goal of making it full time. There's a whole bunch of different reasons to be a streamer, and full time streaming might not be your reason. One hundred percent. If your goal is full time streaming, then you need to be thinking about streaming in a very specific kind of way. You need to be treating it as a business. And if you don't want to do all that work, if you don't want to, have to talk to businesses and write emails and have sponsorships and partnerships and worry about whether or not you're going to be relevant in a week if you don't want the stress of having to worry about twitter you don't want the stress of not knowing if you're going to be able to have a job next month because the platforms are just going to remove you or change all the rules and you just have nothing to do like ashley and i next week youtube could decide you know what we're not going to let you do like anyone who isn't making this type of content your algorithms are shot and we're gone it could it could just just like animators if you remember long times ago youtube changed their algorithms from being watched to view time and animators got destroyed and it could be like that for next month for us maybe hot tub streams are the future meta of twitch (laughs) and everyone else is going to be out of there and if that happens what are you going to do that's really stressful. It's a different type of stress that you have to worry about whenever you decide to be a full-time content creator. And I am all about those realities. Yeah. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to be like, look, this is hard. Ashley, can I say no, no, no words?
0: Uh, yeah, go for it.
1: All right. This shit is hard. <laughs> 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 I, I, I always got to check. I'm not sure how, how, how nice I have to be uh, on, when I'm working with other content creators. But you there's a lot of different st- ways that content creation is incredibly stressful and if you are the type of person who is into that if you're the type of person who wants to work in that environment i really love working with you
0: yeah so you're very much are like no bs straight to the point very direct Coach, Because there are people out there who they need that kind of energy. And then there are people out there who need more like my energy or like blues energy, which is more tends to be more gentle um, and kind of emotionally supportive. Um, We still get into the like strategic side of business. And that's not to say that we're going to bullshit you. But we are um, just gentler in our approach versus someone like Zini, who's very direct and very great for those people who need that super direct uh, comments and attention. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring you on the team because I knew that that's the type of person that you were, and I knew that there were a ton of people who needed that type of of coach. So yeah, all yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the
1: the students that I had the hardest time working with are the ones that approach me and are like. I'm feeling really stressed. I'm like, what do you want to do about it? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to do you want to work on something? Like, I work on stress by doing things, and I want to. I live on that like, let's fix things energy. And if I can't fix things, or you want to talk out emotions, I'm lost.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, we have blue for that mainly but see this is the thing with like building our team that I really wanted to make sure that we did was we had kind of something for everybody And even if a style of coaching isn't necessarily the perfect fit for somebody, a student could come in and still have access to that style of coaching to see if it could be helpful for them in some way. So, whenever people come into SCA, like, yes, they can get really direct coaching from you and emotional support from Blue, but they also get the entrepreneurship, like, business side of stuff from me and Blue. And then they get the, like, professional gaming, esports kind of help from Sarah. And of course, we're going to add more people to the team in the future as well to kind of satisfy all the other needs that streamers have. But that's really important with like building out this team as we think of um, all of the different ways that we could be helpful to people and the different styles of coaching, which is so important. So that's kind of why like I that's what I wanted to highlight with you first was just the difference between these styles of coaching and, um, why you're a part of the team versus, you know, so I think what we should do is mm-hmm. answer some questions and we can kind of showcase like my advice versus your advice. Um, does that sound good?
1: Yeah. You, whatever you want to do.
0: Cool let's do it i also pinned for those of y'all who are interested in sca or later on you're like you know what i want more information about it i pinned the link for stream coach academy to the top of the chat it's also super easy you can just go to streamcoachacademy.com so we had a really great question earlier let me scroll up okay okay
1: dogecoin i don't I don't F with Dogecoin, man. (laughs) Dogecoin, there's there's technical reasons why Dogecoin isn't a great investment. It's a good meme investment, but like things like how there's no limit on the mining in Dogecoin, there's technical issues why Dogecoin isn't a great long-term investment.
0: Whoa, 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 wee, whoa. Is Zenigami informed about cryptocurrency? I'm informed about
1: everything. I I have approximate (laughs) knowledge of all things, Uh, but there are way better cryptos. nfts are not the future people are gonna wake up and realize that nfts are scams they're just bitcoins with a url attached to them okay uh they're also as a content creator artist side of thing nfts are so incredibly troublesome because there is copyrighted content all over the place in nfts and it's really hard to stop really hard to figure out what's going on over there <laughs> uh. Mm, like oh, as as someone whose wife is an artist and we have a lot of friends who are artists and do in dabbling in nfts themselves it's basically just wow this is a wild wild west i i can't believe people are buying into this but also hey who wants to buy my nft of this picture
0: <laughs> yes accurate yeah it's crazy That's like half of our community right now too, is investments, NFTs, crypto conversations. Really fun. But um, NovaDoll sent in a question, which I think this is such a great first question because I can already tell we're both going to have a different opinion on this. She said, Viewers heavily push me to play games, however, when we decide on which game I should play, my viewers instantly leave within minutes of me loading up the game. I feel like I get better viewer retention if I do just chatting. What would you say if a student came to you and and asked something like that?
1: You go first.
0: Me go first? Yeah, I like
1: disagreeing with you.
0: (laughs) That's accurate. Okay, so I feel like you as a content creator, it's kind of your responsibility to uh, find a way to accurately gauge your viewers needs and wants of what kind of content they want to see from you typically whenever you go directly to your community and you ask them uh what you should play or um even other questions like should i i don't know insert literally any question you're going to ask your community here um if any of those questions pertain to content creation like should i make this kind of youtube video should i make this kind of stream schedule should i change this thing about my channel." A lot of times they're gonna choose the thing that they feel is gonna make you the happiest and their viewers typically can be a little ignorant whenever it comes to what is actually best strategically for your content. So even though they're gonna say something like, yeah, do that, stream whatever you want, we'll be there no matter what, we're gonna support you even if you're, you know, streaming something completely different, the reality is that that's not typically true. Viewers love supporting you, and they genuinely do care about you, but ultimately people are there to watch the kind of content that they want to watch, and it doesn't... Um, that Those desires and those needs aren't necessarily going to change just because you want to change. Um, they're still gonna want to watch a specific kind of content, and that's what go- they're gonna be drawn to. And so, if you completely change, then they may not be drawn to watching you anymore. So this is super normal. Whenever this happens, if you are feeling a little discouraged by this, or feeling like you know you you kind of want to give up because your viewers said one thing and did another, it's very very normal. Um, but I do think that you're right in this this last sentence. So, this last sentence is you stepping into that role that I talked about earlier, which is you being the one who's responsible for figuring out what your viewers want. If you feel like you would get better viewer retention when you're doing just chatting, and you have personally noticed that, you, the person who has experience in content creation, not based off of a question that you asked your viewers, that's probably the right move. I have personally seen a huge influx in retention because of doing just chatting there's a reason i stopped playing games on my stream and switched over to just chatting it doesn't work for everybody but that was a shift that i made that became really successful for me so i would encourage Mm -hmm. you to do that if you feel like that's the right path and then just check out the numbers and see how it works out after a couple of weeks that's mine what do you think zine
1: uh so this, I love this one. I, I mm-hmm. like this one a lot. And I would say, also Pando, I'm going to get to yours. Um, I would say with this one, the question of, I, I break this down to, what game do I play to be successful? is basically the energy behind this question. I'm playing this. Should I try this? I tried this. Should I try this? I tried this and it wasn't working for me and I tried this and it was kind of working for me. What do you think of your opinions on these? There's a lot of questions that are in this basket that basically boils down to what game should I be playing? And the problem behind this is you're thinking about content creation backwards. A lot of people think about what is the topic of my content and how does that help me be successful instead of what is the core draw behind that content and how do i make this valuable to viewers in the first place if we can answer that question first then all of a sudden the game that you're actually playing becomes much less relevant as you figure out why people are watching you the deeper meta question of what makes you compelling as a content creator then all of a sudden you're going to be able to apply that to multiple different topics on multiple different categories or multiple different games if you're watching me because you're watching me for uh, X reason because I'm a VTuber because of whatever it is and then I'm I'm an educator I would make guides for this game right I teach you how to play this game better then I can start off in one niche I can start off teaching you how to play Monster Hunter better and then as that game or niche starts dying you're able to pivot off better but there should be an answer to that question of why someone is watching you for this type of content Rather than what content are you making and why are people watching from there slightly different twist same question slightly different twist on it And the thinking is reversed. It's not what do I play? How do I make good content? It's how do I make good content and then what am I doing to help make that good content and That's the big difference in how we need to get you guys thinking
0: That's pretty good. I was not expecting that answer <laughs> Okay.
1: No, I love that question. I love it. It's one of my favorite questions because everyone asks it. It's like the easy first question on like the the, the cheap question. And it's a, it's the reason that I've lost a lot of clients. Well, not like a lot of clients, but I've lost several clients because of it, because I didn't give a satisfying answer to that because all they wanted was the easy answer that how, what, what do I play on Twitch in order to get more popular? Well, I can't tell you that because if I could yes. tell you that, one, this meeting would be a lot shorter, and two, I need to be charging a lot more for this meeting if I could tell you what to play and be popular.
0: Exactly. That's a huge, I think, misconception of coaching is that you can, uh, that there's this like path, right? That there's a step one, step two, step three. Here's exactly the kind of games you should be playing, exactly the schedule that you should be playing it. But really, everybody's journey is so different because uh, everyone's an individual. And so mm-hmm. there are some things that work for large groups of people, but still everyone has a different path that is uh, that is true to them, that is you know, unique to their specific interests and availabilities and uh, goals and all of that. And so that's really what coaching is, is figuring out how do you balance all of those things. And it's not... It's not a simple answer as like, do exactly this and exactly this and you're going to grow. It's very much a, um, you know, trying to figure out how the pieces of the puzzle fit together together for this specific individual.
1: Yep. As a coach, I'm not interested in telling you what content to make. I I can't answer what content do you make. Mm-hmm. I can help you how to make better content, but I can't tell you what to do in the first place. That is actually impossible for me to figure out because it's something that all of us content creators are struggling with on a constant basis. How do we chase what it is that we're supposed to be making? Uh, so no one can answer that one unless you're actually a YouTube bot that knows what's popular right now. Right. For yeah. the SCA two hours a week.
0: Yes. That one. That one.
1: Let's jump on that one real quick.
0: Okay. So Dr. Gamester said you mentioned two hours of work per week in the application. That seems kind of low. Where did that number come from? I'm asking this again, so ignore. Um, do you want me to get, to take that one?
1: Yeah, you're already talking. Go for it.
0: Okay. Cool. <laughs> so <laughs> the two hours of work per week is an estimation. This is an estimation that was based on uh, people who we assume. Are streaming pretty consistently also have either a nine-to-five job or are going to school and also are in uh, SCA and trying to you know get the most that they can out of the program so I'm I'm basically trying to allow someone the space to be able to juggle this full-time job full-time School plus their content creation plus being in our program, which can be a really intensive program. I would say two hours is probably the least amount of time that you would put in if you're if you really want to take advantage of all of the resources that are in there. There's more than two hours of of resources available. Um, every single week there are homework parties, which are additional like meetings during the week where. usually a coach or a prefect, which are like our student leaders, will come in and just answer questions about the material or um, just be there as like a a group coaching session. We have weekend meetings on Saturdays where we do an all staff, all student meeting and then we do breakout groups where we'll get the students to like talk a little bit more about what they learned from the week um, and how they're gonna implement it. We also have the course material Uh, Which is probably around like an hour every single week, sometimes a little bit more sometimes a little bit less Um, And then we have like exercises worksheets all that stuff and of course the discord community as well so a lot of our students end up becoming friends and they'll like jump around to each other's streams and uh, Just like support each other as much as they can so the two hours of work I would say is like the smallest But if you want to utilize all of the resources that are inside of SCA, I mean, you could probably work. What do you think, Zine? Like five hours a week?
1: So the two hours a week is a minimum. And the biggest problem is uh, early burnout for the program. Mm -hmm. So people get really, really into it in the first few weeks. And then as the uh, long, the rest of the week, the course pans out since it's a six week course, you kind of lose some of that early momentum that you build up whenever you go really ham early on so we try to limit you to no more than like five hours of actual work there's other courses that you get with sca as well but the larger discord community is always there and that depends on how much time and energy you want to put into it basically the minimum that we're asking for you is that two hours with the weekly meeting that we're going to have with all the students and coaches all hands on um as well as some time to do that homework that we assign you every week and watch some videos so depending on how into that you are you could spend about three four hours a week Um, above that if you want to be active in the discord community that what a lot of us are active in less than that two hours minimum yeah nfts as an artist, I am into the concept of <laughs> NFTs. You are basically selling the copyright, but for some reason it took NFTs for our non-artist consumers to understand that concept. That is actually completely wrong. As an artist, you are selling nothing to do with copyright with an NFT. I'm selling you a control C, control V copy of this piece of work whenever I sell you an NFT. It's like selling you a physical copy, uh, a, a print of something that I, I have. So you could then take that and sell it to somebody else if you'd like. But I still own all the copyrights to it as the artist and I can sell an exact copy of that NFT to someone else immediately after you. There's nothing stopping you from you doing so. You own no rights to this image. It's just like you have one image that you bought from someone, a print, a poster, and you stuck it on your wall. But now it's a digital poster, so you don't actually own anything. You own a URL to a digital poster. That's what an NFT is. And that's why NFTs are scams because you've bought, you've paid me $5 for me to send you a JPEG for the right to have me send you a JPEG. But if you look at the tiny details of the JPEG, it's not on the JPEG itself. If you like look at the te- meta text data, it says, by the way, I own this one. And that's that's what an NFT is. So... <laughs> NFTs are scams, <laughs> as, as someone who whose wife is an artist, and if NFTs were a thing, that would be amazing for us. The, the technical side of it, just people aren't, aren't savvy with that. And that is a big thing that people misunderstand is that if I buy this, I now own this image. You own nothing. You actually just own a copy of this image.
0: You own the receipt.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to immediately sell to someone else by making no changes whatsoever. I might make a change but I also might sell this to someone else. And right now, like I said, copyright issue is a problem. Mm -hmm. People think they own the copyright and might try to sell that again to someone else. You can sell that NFT, but you don't own that image. So you are allowed to still sell that NFT. Just like if I buy a poster, I can then sell that poster to a friend of mine, but I cannot copy that poster and print more copies of that poster. You cannot sell any other copy of that NFT, not legally. But, NFTs are really hard to stop like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so... Hey,
1: Ashley, what is the first thing you should do after you get partnered on Twitch or YouTube?
0: That's where I was going to go, too. Okay, what is the first thing you should do after you get partnered on YouTube or Twitch? They're both... Different. I got an answer. You, you start.
1: Yeah, the first thing you do is post it on all the socials. Post it on all the socials. Boom, 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 boom. Bam, bam, bam. Partner, partner, partner. Boom, boom, boom. Ride that hype train. And then get down from the hype train and realize that nothing's changed at all. <laughs> Literally nothing about your life has changed. It's like getting 21 years old. You've woken up, you started content creation, and you're at the exact same thing. You have not made a dollar more except for like the little uptake of everyone like subscribing. He's like, oh, congrats your partner. Oh, congrats your partner. But then after that, Boom right down to where you were before. So we gotta you gotta once again think about the long term. What what what's happening after this? Partnership is a nice uh checkpoint, but it's not a goal. And that's not the end game. So you've made it, you got that partner, you got that check mark, boom, 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 ride that hype train, then come back down and think, okay, what's next?
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I got some really great advice before I got partnered um from one of the Partnership like managers, and they said the a a really common problem that they see in uh, newly partnered streamers is that people don't know what to do afterwards because Twitch doesn't give you this like checklist of all right your partner now do this 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 and this, and so a lot of people feel lost. Even like getting affiliate, sometimes people feel lost because they'll get this new status and then they're like, well, what do I do with this? And so what that partner manager told me was that before you get partnered is you want to have a plan Uh, because whenever you do get partnered, you're going to have a decent amount of momentum. You're going to have from like posting on social media. There's probably going to be a a, quite a bit of interaction. You're going to be in front of a ton more people than you would otherwise because people love to like celebrate success and surround themselves with success, right? And so you want a plan for how to capture that momentum. And you want to find a way to use that momentum to continue your growth. Because what happens for a lot of people, especially after getting partnered on Twitch, this isn't necessarily true for YouTube, but a lot of people getting partnered on Twitch will end up losing a lot of their community because they don't uh, stick with the momentum or like they change games. There's a lot of reasons that this happens, but this is like super common. And so having a plan before you get partnered for what you're going to do with the momentum after you announce that partnership can be super helpful. Um, um, In my opinion, what you should do after getting partnered on Twitch, yeah, like light it up, tell everybody that you just got partnered, have your first partner stream, and make it into a a really exciting moment. Um, Sell yourself and your channel during that that stream and try to get people to come back. Um, Find ways to... Either give people something for free or help them really directly during that stream so that they kind of build up this reciprocity for you and uh, have a lot of fun. Because I remember getting partnered and feeling like, oh my god, I made it. But the reality is that, yeah, it's just, it's honestly just a, a step. Whenever you're not a partner, it feels like that's the only thing that you can focus on. But then after you're a partner, it's like, that was cool, but there's so much more out there than being partnered on Twitch, honestly. I remember
1: exactly <laughs> my first thought after getting partnered. I got partnered um, five years back, six years back, before like affiliates were a thing, uh, back when partnerships wanted you to have 300 concurrent viewers. like I was applying regularly at 150, 200 viewers and getting denied, um, all in an incredibly small niche. So my an audience was entirely brand new to Twitch and 300 was the number three to 500 was the number that they're looking for and my first thought after getting partnered is thank god i don't need to do patreon anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's like cool now i don't have to try to push patreon i can just do twitch subs instead of patreon because man is it a pain to do patreon as a twitch streamer like why yeah, why move them off platform to another platform for that is now i just got an on-platform way to, to get that I'm like cool i don't have to worry about that anymore
0: yeah, I remember, like, I remember getting partnered and seeing it really late at night and filming myself freaking out. And then the next day, I think I was, like, driving to get some food, and I was on my way home, and I remembered, like, I'm a Twitch partner. Yeah, <clears throat> and I just thought I was such a little badass.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that is... All right, so what do you do after you get partner, right? After you get YouTube partner, Twitch partner? Uh... You smell that? <laughs> That's a smell of superiority. That just comes (laughs) with being a Twitch partner. Mm, Do I radiate energy that is better than you? My check mark proves it. I have been validated as a content creator. Oh yeah, and that's one of the most important things.
0: Yep, accurate. Um, let's see. They're talking about how do you set up a studio.
1: How do, you, how do you make a studio for yourself whenever you uh, don't have a place?
0: Yes. How should I make a YouTube video if I don't have a good area to record myself?
1: Be a VTuber so that way you don't have to worry about any of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. If
1: you're a VTuber, everything can be ugly, that's fine. So there, there's two sides to this. One, what if you have an ugly background? What if you have ugly visuals to your stream? This is easier to remedy. There's a lot of solutions for that. VTuber, I legit, offer that as an answer to what if things are ugly what if i'm in my living room what if i'm in my bedroom what if i'm streaming from a bathroom and there's a toilet behind me like whatever it is as a vtuber vtubers hot right now you could do that um green screen is the other solution that kind of fixes the background problem that get a green screen and good lighting and then all of a sudden the background doesn't matter anymore But what if the problem is audio? What if you have a not good audio place to set up? I have family members that are walking in and out all the time making a lot of noise. I'm living by a a, a coal mine and every day there's there's a coal, there's a train running by my house 24 seven. That's a bigger issue. Audio is what's gonna turn people off a lot more. And bad audio is a huge issue. Um, the only good answers to that is, um, foam like this helps treat the echoiness of your voice, which stops you from sounding like you're streaming from an empty classroom or an empty hallway or an auditorium. It gets rid of a lot of that echo, makes you, uh, have a lot less reverberation in your voice, but it doesn't stop sounds from coming in. So it's not going to make your setting any quieter. Uh, the only real answer to that is, um, unfortunately all very difficult if you want to do something like recording uh, you can go into a closet and record in a closet recording audio in a closet is basically making your own cheap sound booth Uh, all the hanging clothes dampens a lot of those audios it's also usually farther away from other sounds so it's also usually quieter in there and if you're say doing youtube and you are recording voiceover work afterwards doing a closet that has a lot of hanging clothes in there, often the best place to get good audio quality. So the audio problem, if it's an audio problem, harder to fix. Video problem, a lot of ways to get around it. Also, if you're doing live content, people kind of people are okay with seeing ugly backgrounds.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes to all of that. How do you start to set up a backdrop? Let's see, green screen. Yeah, Pondo, you can repost that question. Green screens are great. Hi, Dollar Yen, good to see you. Okay, yeah. so- case... Copy,
1: paste any questions that we skip over. Just keep yeah. keep doing it um, until I type in, like, that's a really boring question.
0: <laughs> so I think a, yeah, a green screen is 100% fine. You can do the like Elgato green screen one, or I personally really like the web around because it's, portable and I love the team over there um Linda is the the owner the like CEO the creator the founder and women businesses okay let me say yes especially in the gaming space so I really like them um I I don't
1: recommend any Elgato products. Elgato products are basically all overpriced for what they offer. Uh, I don't recommend the Stream Deck, I don't recommend the Lights, I don't recommend the Capture Cards. Actually, the Capture Cards are the closest thing I recommend, but also their competitors are quite on the same level for like a 20-30% discount from Elgato, so I don't recommend any Elgato stuff. Until they sponsor me, Elgato, I'm looking at you. Talk to me. When you sponsor me, I'll say different things. You hear? <laughs> um, but until they sponsor me and send me money and/or free product, they're just—they're just, they're just kind of overpriced for what they offer. They're—they're they're that boutique quality uh, branding where you're kind of buying the logo more so than everything else. Like, look at look at the Elgato key lights. What like? 200 yeah. for elgato key light you can literally get the exact same thing off of amazon for half the price with no difference other than the, the the elgato tag so if you're interested in elgato key light talk to me i'll charge you 150 dollars for an amazon one and a sticker <laughs>
0: yeah yeah they they do um they are very expensive with their products there are much cheaper solutions that will look honestly the exact same on camera. They're kind of like the I don't want to say like the luxury brand, but they're kind of like the cool brands that everybody gets really excited by and so they can charge a little bit because of that name recognition. Mm-hmm. Um which as a business, like that's actually a really good sign for your company that you're considered like the cool brand and you can charge more just because of your your company. That's really cool. But um, yeah, I 100% agree with all of that. I think a green screen is great. Uh, I Although I disagree about the background. I think having a really nice background is, is really important to me whenever mm-hmm. I go into a stream and I see somebody who has, like, a messy room or just, like, nastiness going on around them. I'm kind of like, I feel that they don't respect their... I don't know what it is. I don't know so if it's So, like, like, I think
1: there's a difference between having an ugly background and having a messy background
0: yeah
1: like if you have a place that's obviously not set up for content creation like i look at you and i'm like okay i can tell your computer was in your living room that's pointed with your kitchen in the background Mm. i'll forgive that uh your bed with like old clothes hanging off of it that's different that shows a lack of care
0: right yeah, I like to see like cool backgrounds and I like to see the environment from streamers just to kind of feel like I'm invited more into their life. But that's just a personal preference and just because you don't show your background maybe it is a little bit messy, it's not going to make or break your channel at all. Um, I think the most important thing, even if you are streaming in kind of a messy environment, maybe you don't have the, the perfect mic, one of the really important things that I try to encourage people to do is just get started. Because that stuff you can upgrade with time. You can improve the background, you can improve the microphone quality, all of that with time. But if you spend, you know, a bunch of money on Elgato key lights and like the Elgato wave or something to try and make everything look and sound really good, and then you start streaming and you're like, actually, this is cool, but I don't really enjoy this that much. I don't really want to take it very seriously. I don't really like this. And then you only stick with it for a couple of weeks. It's like you made that investment whenever you could have thrown it into Dogecoin, you know? And that probably would have been smarter. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, ride Dogecoin while it's while it's right, while it's uh, good, but it's not a good long-term investment is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, so...
1: Well, oh, uh, in, invest in, in Zenigami Crypto.
0: Zini streamer, Dami Streamer crypto. crypto. Jeez. That's coming for sure.
1: Uh, I don't think so. Well, so... Uh. So... Streamer Crypto. Um, streamer Crypto, what tried to be a thing several times in the past. Um, I have beta tested and talked to some company that did Streamer Crypto. The ecosystem just wasn't ready for it. Right. It might be more ready now. The problem is the first wave. The problem with streamer crypto is which streamers do they get on brand with streamer crypto in the first place? If if stocks guy, if that stocks guy streamer um, jumps onto a streamer crypto, that's probably what it needs to take off. And that's I'll I'll actually say if he jumps onto one of them, that is the make or break for whether or not there's going to be success in streamer crypto. Because uh, any other big streamer, it doesn't matter which one it is, their audience isn't savvy enough to know how to do that in the long term. Donksky's mm-hmm. streamer uh, audience might actually be savvy enough to make streamer crypto work in the long term. But there needs to be that savviness in the audience before streamer crypto will work, which is not there. Streamer audiences yeah. just are not smart enough to make streamer crypto work. It's not about the technical side. It's about the user base side.
0: Right. Yeah, I I definitely see um, an increase in, like, adoption, though. So the amount of people who are getting into crypto because of Doge specifically Mm -hmm. is huge, especially in this space because gamers and their freaking memes, right? So I think as more people adopt it and get knowledgeable about the crypto space just in general, that streamer crypto eventually is definitely going to be a thing. But it's a long play. It's not something that you're going to see in the next two months.
1: Yeah but here's here's the weird uh caveat to streamer crypto is that if you're savvy enough to understand how to play streamer crypto you might as well just do real big boy cryptos right like if you understand crypto well enough to think that streamer crypto is going to be a long-term investment why not just do the real thing why not just go on to a real crypto where you know that it's going to be a much safer bet it's not gonna be as volatile unless you're literally speculating unless you're literally using money for speculation this is gonna be a thousand dollars that might be gone tomorrow uh, i don't have to worry about that i literally think this is probably gonna be gone it might be successful though that if you're on that energy then invest in streamer crypto if you want like a decently uh if you want a decent investment though streamer crypto isn't there for not for a while especially not the platforms that are trying to start it i don't i don't Trust. Oh, it's not that I don't trust them. I don't trust the marketability of them.
0: Right, that's huge. A lot of people don't understand that in the the crypto space. I yeah. feel like they don't get the the. Let me tell you something. If you guys
1: side. didn't know, uh, Streamlabs did Streamer Crypto when Bitcoin was at its peak. Before Bitcoin crashed back in twenty sixteen, Streamlabs had what? Streamer Crypto. Mm-hmm. I, I was on that, that. Actually, it was one like. I, I love Streamlabs back then when I actually could talk to people. Like I still talk to, well, sort of, I still know both of the CEOs of Streamlabs who aren't with Streamlabs anymore because they sold the company and they're both gone. Um, they bought me lunch when I was out in California mm-hmm. and I have worked with Streamlabs on basically every single one of their products that they were beta testing. I recommended Streamlabs by Ankhbot, which is now Bot. So, if oh. you like or dislike Bot, that's my fault. They asked me which one to acquire.
0: Ankhbot was great.
1: I loved Ankhbot, and now it's Bot. so Yay. I'm happy with it.
0: So, we have we another need... question from chat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Peachtree McGee said, what's a good way to start up a streaming schedule and keep consistency? And what's a good way to make connections with other streamers? Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. I'll let you start. The to with the other streamers, the way to do that is to go to events when they can happen again, number one. Uh, if you're in America, that's very easy. Uh, if you're not in America, it's quite a bit harder. Ignore. So let's look into the future, 2022, whenever events are really happening again. Uh, Twitch has a lot of official Twitch communities that are very active and quite good. Texas, we have several chapters. I help lead the Texas chapter for the um, streamer meetups. We have ones in Houston, Dallas, Austin. A lot of other states have several chapters as well. Florida has two chapters. Washington has a great chapter as well for streamer meetups. And so there's a lot of in-person meetups that uh, content creators are running. And if you can, make it out to Penny Arcade Expo packs. That is going to be the best investment that you could make as a content creator. Hands down, the number one investment you can make after Microphone um, is getting out to a real life event like Penny Arcade Expo and making those connections in person. Oh my God. Um, the third best investment you can make is stream coaching. But the first one, Microphone. Second one, events. Web Notice webcam isn't here yet. Webcam is actually quite low on the bar of important investments to make because you can have a lower than great quality webcam since it's usually only taking up like a tenth of your screen anyways Um, and just on money time time is the most important investment but getting to a real life event making those friends in person that's how you network that's how you get friends other than that without the real life is starting to go around within people who are making the content in your category that are close to your number. So float around your people who are making similar content to you, maybe do collaborations where you're on someone's channel and you guys are talking about stream coaching together, that sort of thing is a great Mm -hmm. way to network and talk to each other's communities and talk to each other's audiences about what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah. So, don't forget to go and watch and follow Zini on Twitch.
1: <laughs> Use Twitter. Use Twitter. Twitter is your LinkedIn as a content creator. It is required. You need to have a Twitter. You need to have your face on Twitter. I don't want to see any logos on Twitter. I don't care if your logo's SG, whatever it is. Get your logo off of Twitter. I want to see your face because that's what your brand is unless you're a vtuber you can have your vtuber avatar on there your face is your brand Your a lot of people's first times you're going to be connecting with someone is going to be through twitter having my face on twitter is how i got a my very first pax panel uh because i had my face on twitter and i was talking to someone at penny arcade expo east and they were talking about how they're hosting a panel next week and hey i i recognize you from twitter and we started chatting and one of their panelists actually dropped down and said well i'm available let's go a drawing of your face is also okay if you're an artist if you're, con- if, if you're not just an artist but your an artist and your art is your content if your content is art or drawing then that also can be your face because it is a part of your brand and that's the biggest thing your branding should be on twitter so if you're a content creator, your face is usually the biggest part of your brand. If you're a VTuber, your yeah, VTuber avatar is a part of your brand. If you're an artist, that art is a part of your brand, but it should also help strengthen your brand.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. There's actually a, a ton of research that has been done um, whenever it comes to like profile pictures on social media platforms. And research showed that people that uh, use photos of their actual face and especially if it was a relatively close photo of your face where people could see like the whites of your eyes and you were smiling, that it tended to uh, grow trust more. Trust is something that's super important for streamers and content creators to develop. So why would you like hide behind a, an anime profile picture or something else, right? Whenever you uh, can take a, a strong important step. to my
1: feelings <laughs> in my life. Okay, don't get <laughs> on my anime profile people. Get Whoa, wrecked,
0: I, feel, I feel attacked. <laughs> get wrecked. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I I do agree. I think um, going to events is absolutely incredible. Being able to actually meet people in person. there's just something special that happens whenever you are physically around the people that you want to get to know versus trying to create relationships over the internet. Um, not to say that internet relationships are like you know, bad or not as as helpful or worthy because they definitely are, but, it's uh it's just something different it's just so much more real i think so events a hundred percent and other than that yeah i would say twitter talking to people um i think what a lot of people do though with this is that they have this under or they have this expectation that if i make connections with other streamers and they pursue this like traditional networking strategy that it's gonna make your stream grow. And there are definitely examples of people like one of, whenever I got partnered, one of the girls that got partnered around the same time as me got partnered because she was so great at networking on Twitter. She was able to create these like just huge threads of people that were trying to talk to her constantly. And eventually she was able to get those people to come over from Twitter into her stream and that's how she was able to get partnered. And there are definitely other examples, rather than just her, of people who have used networking in order to become successful, but I will say that there's a cap on your level of network that you can have. You can't just like build relationships constantly, forever and ever and ever. Eventually you are going to have so many relationships that you just can't maintain them all anymore, and you're going to have to start choosing who deserves to be kept close. In your I guess if you can call it network or circle or whatever and who should kind of be pushed away and that's a really difficult time in a creator's career because if you're you know you're in it for the people a lot of people when they start they're in it just to make friends and get to know other people eventually having to uh, create a boundary between who's allowed to be close to you and who isn't can be really hard because it feels like you're pushing people away so it's good to know I think that This idea of networking and making connections with other streamers is really important early on in your career, but it's not sustainable long-term. So if it's your only strategy for growth, probably what's going to happen to you is what's going to happen to that other girl who her only value was in her networking and she just couldn't sustain it long-term, which is that she got partnered and ended up losing most of her viewership.
1: Oops, shots fired.
0: (laughs) Well, Uh... good thing I didn't say her name because that would have been crazy. I do have some... (laughs) I do have some uh, advice about consistency in streaming schedule as well if you want to hear that. Zini, did you want to talk about that? I don't no, think go that for it. That. Okay. So, streaming schedule, oftentimes I feel like when people ask about this, they're looking for the like, well, Tuesday from 2 to 7 p.m. is the best time to stream because the least amount of big streamers are live and that means you're probably more likely to whatever. And I don't believe that there is really a best or a worst time to stream. Like technically, yes, there are times when more people are live and times when uh, less people are live, and sure, like you can adjust your schedule to fit into that, but the most important thing is you being able to stay consistent with your schedule long term. So I would encourage people to worry less about trying to show up on stream at the exact right time. that that is like best for their viewers and for the platform and trying to kind of game the system in that way. Instead, find a time that works for your life and is something that you can stick with long-term and tell everybody what the schedule is constantly and then stick with it and show up consistently. Um, And then consistency itself, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but just to reiterate, um, I believe that consistency is heavily based in your identity and in your expectations. So your identity, if you are constantly telling yourself stories like, it's difficult for me to stay consistent, or I can't be consistent because of this reason, or um, I'm just not a consistent person, or I just get burned out, or whatever it is, it's very easy whenever you're telling yourself those stories to be inconsistent because those stories that you're telling yourself shape your identity and your beliefs of who you are. But if you change those stories and you instead start to catch those thought processes and instead tell yourself, I am very consistent, I'm very gritty, I stick with the things that um, I say I'm going to do, I show up to every single stream, I take care of my community every single time that I'm there. Whenever you're telling yourself those stories, that's going to shape your identity into believing that you are a person who's really consistent, which is going to make it easier for you to stay consistent, especially during those times when you're kind of not feeling the greatest. So your identity is a huge, huge part of whether or not you are going to stay consistent. Now, there's a, a big asterisk I want to put on this, and there's a nuance to this conversation, which is the mental health side. If you're feeling bad, or if you're like, um, if you get sick, or if you are uh, disabled and you can't stream constantly, or even if you have a job and you get tired from your freaking job and you can't stream, does that mean that you're totally screwed if you are in those categories? Absolutely not. You can build communities that are understanding of all of those things, but taking time off from your stream and becoming inconsistent with your stream, does that make it more difficult for you to grow? Like it does, unfortunately, like that's just kind of what this industry is. So it isn't impossible if you are inconsistent to grow a community of people who are understanding of that consistency, but it does take some additional work. Um, and then the other one was expectations. So if your expectations are, I'm going to stream consistently and that means I'm going to take off and that's all it takes, then you're not managing your expectations to um, help you become consistent. You're probably going to end up feeling really discouraged when that doesn't happen because that's not the only thing that it takes to grow a community, and you're probably going to end up... Um, getting either burnt out or discouraged and stopping streaming, so managing your expectations and knowing, hey, I'm not going to automatically explode just because I am consistent or just because I put the work in, that streaming is an investment, and over time, you will get better at it, and getting better at it, and learning how to relate to people more—that's ultimately what's going to grow your stream. Um, along with, you know, strong everything that we teach inside of SCA, basically strong branding and marketing and audience development skills. All of that comes with time. Um, that's a strong. That's a healthy expectation to have. If that is your expectation, then you'll be more likely to stick it through as well. Yep. And that's uh, on consistency. To...
1: I'm gonna go on consistently a little bit myself uh even though actually ranted off for quite some time uh heat haze so if you're interested in one-on-one coaching the one-on-one coaching sessions that i offer through sca um if you go to streamcoach.tv you can see information out there a little video about myself as well it's going to be per hour long session uh please reach out to me hit me up on on discord dms let's have a quick chat Uh, I offer a free 15-minute call to everybody to see if we're going to be a good match in the first place. So we'll have a call, talk a little bit about you, introduce yourself to me. Let me tell you a little bit about how that one-on-one coaching is going to work. So that way you make sure that you're going to be able to find it valuable. Because there are times when uh, I don't think as the coach that we're going to be a good match. There have been times when I need to turn away clients because they're looking for something that I can offer and a lot of that is they're looking for that emotional support to uh, content creation which I as a coach and as a person am not good at Uh, there have been people who I also just don't feel like are thinking about content creation in the right way and I don't think you're going to get as much value out of that uh, coaching session as possible
0: Can Um, I um, just real quick mm -hmm. before you jump into consistency so there's two different Um, things that we offer. We have the one-on-one coaching, which currently Zini is the only person who does one-on-one coaching. Um, That is the $97 that you asked about Heat. Uh, As Zini just said, he does a free like 15-minute call to figure out if y'all are a good fit. And then if you do decide to sign on with him, that $97 is for a one-hour meeting. And then we've got SCA. So SCA is $97 a month for five months. That's going to get you like seven weeks of meetings, coaching material, one-on-ones with Zine, myself, uh, Blue, and Sarah, our coaching staff, um, the Discord community, and all that other stuff that we talked about earlier. So those are the two things that we uh, currently offer through Stream Coach. just so y'all can kind of know the differentiation between the two. Okay. Z, it's all yeah. you. Love those, all right. those post-its. All Loving them.
1: There you go. That stream coach. Yeah. I got my, my name there. It's the easiest way. I actually have a, a better way to do this, but I'm just going to do this because I think it's more fun. <laughs> uh, so, consistency. The number one thing I do as a stream coach is to convince people to stream less. I am telling everyone all the time to do fewer streams. Not that streaming's bad, but because... Streaming is not gonna help you grow. Usually the problem that people are approaching us as coaches is how do I grow discoverability? How do I get myself noticed? How do I get myself in front of a larger audience? And streaming does none of those things. Streaming grows engagement and familiarity with your existing content or your existing audience. That's how we build a rapport. That's how we strengthen that rapport. Streaming is like throwing a party and inviting your friends over. How do you make a friend? Throwing parties don't make you friends because no one's going to come to your house. <laughs> I can't go on the streets and an invites like, yo, you want to come to my party? Yo, I'm having a party. I'm having a party. We knew that kid in school. We knew that kid. It was like, hey, my mom and I weren't throwing a party. He's like, I don't know you. I don't want to hang out with you. I- I'm not going to come. It's my friend going because that's why I'll hang up, because my friend is going to the party. And that same thing happens in content creation. It's like, why am I going to watch your streams? And my friend watching your stream? Okay, I'll come. So streaming isn't gonna help you grow. And I am trying to get everyone to stop streaming. You need to be making content on platforms that are gonna actually help you grow. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram Reels, Instagram, depending on your content is very visual. Any other of these platforms that have algorithms that actually help you be promoted are going to be so much better of a time investment than streaming is, because how do you get bigger on Twitch? You gotta have more viewers. So you get more viewers on Twitch in order to get higher in the out in the category so you can get more viewers, so that way you can get higher so you can get more viewers, and that's the only way that, that works. So when do you, or how about that consistency? Uh, be less consistent on Twitch, be more consistent on other platforms. That also helps out so much for that consistency problem people have. Because if you have five hours a week to dedicate to content creation, you could put a YouTube out in five hours a week. It's really hard to do a five hour stream, uh, like do several streams a week is what Twitch basically requires. A five hour stream once a week is nothing. A five hour content creation for YouTube gets you a decent YouTube video. And now you have A route to start trying to find an audience. Here's an exercise I love doing with people. When was the last time you linked a Twitch stream to somebody? That's not your own. When was the last time you sent somebody a Twitch stream? Posted a Twitch stream to Discord, done something like that. And then what is the reaction you get off of posting that Twitch stream? If you send a Twitch stream to someone, the first reaction is, who is this? Why are you sending this to me? They're not even live right now. If you sent a, and when's the last time you sent a YouTube video to somebody? Last time you sent a TikTok to somebody? Whenever you're on a platform like YouTube, like TikTok, it lets people who are your advocates be your advocates. If I, as a viewer, love you as a content creator and want to promote you and want to shout your name on the rooftops, it's really hard to do so if you're only on Twitch, if you're only only ever live, it's really hard for me to try to share out your content. Put yourself on platforms where not only the algorithm is going to help you, but the type of content makes it more shareable, where the actual content that you're making lets the people who want to be your advocates be your advocates. If I post a YouTube video, people will watch it before they ask questions about what's going on. They might ask what, but they're also much more likely just Start watching that video. I don't have to worry about trying to sell you as a content creator. It makes it much easier for me as a viewer to share you as a content creator. And that's why I'm trying to get you on other platforms and not on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, also, YouTube live top. is terrible. Hey, Ashley, what are your opinions on YouTube live since you're live on YouTube?
0: Ooh, <laughs> I actually just made a TikTok about this.
1: <laughs> okay, what is it?
0: Um, so there are good and bad parts of it for sure like youtube live is i would say okay twitch definitely in my experience has most of the viewership but i do believe going live on youtube to be valuable because i'm able to reach people who are only going to watch youtube um, so they get to not just watch my youtube videos but see who i actually am as a person but the reason that i chose to go live on youtube was for a bigger reason rather than just like, oh, I want the numbers. I've been trying to grow that sense of community on my YouTube channel for a long time now and haven't been able to figure it out, and streaming has been um, a good way for me to be able to do that. If I didn't have that as my intention, I don't know if I would be streaming on YouTube, um, but I think that's going to be different for everybody. So some people are going to come to YouTube and potentially have more viewers. Some people will come over and have less. I don't know. It's definitely individual.
1: As a Twitch affiliate and Twitch partner streaming on YouTube, you're not allowed to do simultaneously. Uh, You have to look at your specific contracts for that, different partners and affiliates might have different contracts. It's basically now all boilerplate, so now it's very likely to all be the same, unless you're big and cool enough to actually then counter with Twitch and say, no, this isn't the contract I I want to negotiate. Unless you're cool enough to do that, which most people aren't, unless you're already incredibly popular and have a lot of money, uh, you aren't allowed to stream simultaneously, but you are allowed to stream separately. So I right now I'm live on Twitch I could end my Twitch stream then go live on YouTube afterwards with different content I'm just not allowed to post the same content on Twitch and another platform at the same time That's my specific contract that is very similar to most people's contracts on Twitch um, There was a oh shoot I, I, I missed it now that there's something like oh oh, oh, oh YouTube streaming Do you know, do you guys know where to find YouTube live content in general? Like, if I (laughs) want to find live content on Twitch, you go to Twitch, you find the live content. Easy. Do you know how many people don't know where live content is on YouTube? If you want to find live content on YouTube, you go to the YouTube homepage, you look on the left side, you scroll down! and then you have to look next to other categories. What is it by right now? It's by between gaming and fashion and beauty, by movies and YouTube premium and learning. That's the category that live is in. And then you go there and then you scroll down and then you find gaming. And it is impossible to find live YouTube content if you don't Mm -hmm. have an existing audience. I don't think YouTube live is good at all for people if you don't have existing content. If you don't already have a, a subscriber base on YouTube, YouTube live is Even worse than Twitch streaming, because at least on Twitch streaming, people have an expectation, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna see live content. I might purposely try to find someone small. On YouTube, nobody does that.
0: So 95% of the time, yes. Although there was, um, who was it? Uh, Dale, who's a writer on YouTube. His wife hasn't created any YouTube videos or anything. She was able to get to like 10,000 subscribers purely by live streaming. Again though, like she is, she's a freaking anomaly. It it, like she is the exception to the rule not the rule so if Mm -hmm. you aren't looking to actually build yourself up on youtube and like making youtube content your youtube streams honestly aren't super discoverable your youtube videos are and the youtube videos can pull people to your youtube streams but you don't go live on youtube to be found by people it happens a little bit but the the yeah it's it's definitely like YouTube live streams are buried a little it bit.
1: Doesn't, it doesn't fix the core problem here where live content is really bad for discoverability and for growth. Right, it's just terrible. Exactly. And what is the reason that we are drawn to live content is live interaction. It's that live uh, rawness of it. If you're no longer live, that value is gone. The main purpose of live content is no longer there when you're no longer live. And so immediately your content becomes less valuable if you're not live. So we need to try and make content that is more evergreens. That way you don't have to be struggling all the time as a content creator in order to be making valuable content for your audience, because if you're not live, that live content is immediately less interesting to you.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, just moving over to YouTube, it's not a solution for the just inherent problem with live content which I wish that it was but it's just not it's just another um, it's just another offer for the people who are only gonna watch you on YouTube and being an
1: affiliate on Twitch actually doesn't stop ads or not being an affiliate doesn't stop ads sorry I interrupted you keep going
0: no you're fine (laughs) okay that was basically it
1: okay I'm yeah. just looking um, for more
0: questions in chat.
1: Let's talk about restream and stream on multiple platforms. I okay. generally dislike greatly streaming on multiple platforms. Um, and the big problem for this is it really splits your viewer base. And it can be very, very off putting to people to hear you talking to a subsection of your audience that I cannot see or interact with. It's I I correlate as when have you been in a room where you're talking to somebody and they're on the phone and they're trying to talk to the person on the phone and you at the same time? How frustrating is that? They're, they are hearing someone who's talking and you can't hear them. I know that you can get restreamed to talk in chats at the same time. But whenever you start building momentum on certain platforms, it's going to be very off-putting to a lot of people when they don't see those people that you're interacting with at the same time as them. Um, I do absolutely support trying out different platforms. Maybe Facebook Gaming is a platform for you. Maybe YouTube, maybe uh, Caffeine or whatever other platforms that you're going to, Trovo, I can't remember, the the one with the T and the uh, uh, Chameleon. Maybe one of those live is going to be working for you. But trying out multiple at the same time, using ReStream, maybe that's how you find where you want to put your energy, but using it in the long term, I quite dislike.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about like the, um, so there's a chat integration that Restream has where you can actually (laughs) see the chats in every, Mm -hmm. on every platform. Um, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's helpful, but I don't think that is the answer to it because you're still splitting your viewer base. You're still splitting where the audience is. There's a different language and different personality to YouTube than on Twitch. Like we don't use emotes on YouTube as much. You don't have, uh, Ashley emotes you don't have kappa you have a lot of things and that's a large part of twitch language is using emotes and kappas and stuff like that and so even language wise there is a big distinction between how YouTube works and how twitch works and same thing for twitch and Facebook there's just a different audience and a different personality to the platforms and your content should be aimed at working on one of these platforms better <laughs> yay! Ah, I'm getting racist uh, follows.
0: Oh, cool! Aww,
1: Those are yay. super fun. I'm getting <laughs> follows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you do whenever that? usually happens um i'm actually uh, i enjoy watching bathroom, my follower
1: so. number go up and then okay go to the bathroom I'm gonna, okay I'm yeah tell you, everyone
0: you handle them
1: guys did you do you guys have twitch you have guys you guys have amazon prime did you know that with amazon prime <laughs> stop you subscribe, this subscribe immediately to you're gonna go, go to the bathroom I, it's my turn i need money guys i need money subscribe to my twitch channel twitch.tv slash zinigami with your twitch amazon prime subs. it costs you nothing every month yeah <laughs> okay good it's my show now welcome to Zenigami zinigami hour with your boy Z the man the one the only um, you can see like I'm getting a whole bunch of uh, racist subs and stuff I just kind of I kind of honestly kind of enjoy getting uh, follow botted and and stuff like that I get to see the numbers go up it doesn't happen often enough where it's a problem and like I just I just gotta turn off my alerts for a while just watch chat get destroyed for a little while and just just enjoy life. Live life live be free. Have a good time. You've watched a streamer who talks to people on Discord while streaming, because you can't hear them and you don't know streamer's talking to network. T- oh not talking to people on Discord voice, but talking to uh but talking to people in a Discord channel. Yeah. That can, be, that can be very difficult. Yeah, this is um, my quality Zenigami merch. Actually, my wife is working on a t-shirt. Uh, we're actually going to have our very first merch t-shirt shortly at some point. So we're pretty excited about that. It's not going to be zinigami stuff, but it is going to have my wife's artwork on there. My wife is an amazing artist. You can check her out. If you go over to my Twitch site and type in exclamation mark stickers, you'll be able to see some of her stuff there. Uh, I don't know if we hit. I don't think we've hit a hundred. I'm watching my follow number. If you remember, a few weeks back, Twitch actually like put the axe on a whole bunch of bot cha- uh, accounts. Like Twitch axed a whole bunch of bot accounts, and people were losing like thousands of followers from that. I was actually hoping to see my numbers move more. My numbers only moved by a few hundred, unfortunately. So, whatever. I was hoping for more. What's up, Beach Tree? <clears throat> Finding more manageable conversation speed over on YouTube. Excellent. Oh, microphone, yes, I have your, I have your comment answered here and I'm going to end, let's talk about microphones. I can immediately tell without having to look at your stream if you're using a headset microphone. There is only one brand of headset microphones that have been anywhere close to the quality of a condenser microphone and that is Antlion Audio. I love Antlion Audio. I work with them a lot. They make something called the Antlion Mod Mic, which is a microphone that you stick onto your, um, whatever it is. You can stick it onto your existing headset. You can stick it on, it's got a You can stick it anywhere. You can stick it on a hat. You can stick it on, st- I've stuck it on spatulas and things like that. The Antlion Mod Mic is a more expensive uh, boom or tiny headset boom microphone, like $100, something like that and it has a better quality to it but the any of those headset mics just don't have the depth that you're going to get out of a lot of voices there are a lot of usb microphones that are very competitive blue um sponsored by blue microphones i do like their products the blue snowball is a great starting point for a lot of content creators where it's a great money for ease of use area because you can get be- you can absolutely get better microphones for the same price as a Snowball you can absolutely get um, a better quality microphone but for how easy it is to plug in a Blue Snowball and just go with it that's a good starting point for a microphone and the Blue Yeti and any of the higher quality Blue USB microphones have the exact same internals as a Blue Snowball the difference is the Yeti and the Yeti X have multiple capsules in there. They have two capsules instead of the one capsule in the blue, which allows you to have things like the ASMR style of microphone where you can hear the left versus hear the right. It was all, let's so see, you have different pickup patterns, so that way you can help customize how you're picking up audio around your room. Uh, as someone who's pops into a lot of people's streams, uh, one of my favorite flexes as a stream coach is to immediately tell you that your microphone is sitting on your desk right now. I know for a fact that your microphone is on a stand on your desk right next to your keyboard because I can hear it. I can hear the vibrations in your microphone. I can hear the vibrations are going in your desk to the microphone through that. There is a big difference between the microphone on a stand and a microphone on desk. And there's a big difference in how far away your microphone is to your mouth i can narrow down exactly how far away your microphone is to your face most of the time because ideally you'd like your microphone to be about this far away from your mouth i actually interrupt me anytime you want me to get off the microphone conversation now you back um but you want your microphone to be about this far away from your face that's the ideal place to have it and off-centered so you don't want it directly where you're going to be breathing a lot of time you want it higher or lower higher is usually the way to go so that way you don't breathe into the microphone and liz thank you so much for uh the sticker stuff really appreciate it
0: yeah and so i'm back
1: (laughs) moving the microphone closer to your mouth immediately helps you cut off a lot of the. Excess sounds by lowering the gain on your microphone. The solution to the microphone being on your desk two feet away, uh, further than your keyboard, is usually to boost the gain or boost the volume, which introduces a lot of extra sounds the sounds of your AC, the sounds of fans, the sounds of your keyboard, tax clicks, that sort of thing. As soon as you can move the microphone closer to your face, you can lower the gain. You still get the same volume, the same quality out of your voice, but it reduces a lot of that background sound and makes things sound way better overall. So, microphone boom arm. Don't use a microphone on a headset unless it's for VR or things where you just are not sitting in a single spot very often. And if you do, I highly recommend Antlion Audio. Their mod mic is amazing quality. I use it for my cooking streams all the time.
0: It is very good. Um, Cater tier has asked this question a couple of times in chat. What would be the biggest differences for streamers who game versus streamers who create art slash animation on stream, like in terms of challenges and growth strategies? You can go ahead and handle that one because I am not the like art slash animation stream <laughs> professional at all.
1: So I have, since my wife's an artist, I have a lot of friends who are um, doing art content creation. And the biggest difference there is It is, first of all, a lot easier to grow in non-gaming-related content creation streams because what is mostly on Twitch, Twitch is mostly gaming content creators, and you can start making a distinction for yourself, start carving out your niche, doing artwork, that sort of stuff, already helps carve a niche out from the regular Twitch riffraff. You're going to still need to figure out a way to distinguish yourself from other artists. And what art allows you to do a lot is get a lot of your personality across and a lot of conversation across with your audience. You're basically doing just chatting with pizzazz. is whenever you're doing art streams. You got to do just chatting, but now you're drawing as well and people are getting to see you draw. You have another avenue to flex a skill that other people don't have that you might that might be drawn to you. And so there's a, a potential to find an audience there. Still need to be getting yourself on other platforms as an artist. You now have the opportunity to, yeah, riff raff. People like Jameson, who's like a game developer. Like no one l- talks to game developers. No one likes them. As an artist and very visual creative, you have a avenue of making content on Instagram that non-visual streamers do not get. The only really growth, the only growth you really get on Instagram is let's say that. You have, one, your body is your brand. You're working out, you're sexy, you want to show off your butt, stuff like that. If your body is your brand, Instagram might be a good place for you to grow. Art is also a place where Instagram works very well. But your brand has to be incredibly visual for Instagram to work out. And that is a great way that art animation content helps stand out from streamers in gaming spaces. Ashley, what, what, how did people stand out as, what's the difference between a gamer versus artist content creator?
0: Yeah. So I think obviously gaming on Twitch is super saturated. Everybody talks about how you like all these different strategies for you to stand out, whether it's, um, finding ways to choose a specific genre of game, just stream a single game and build yourself a brand within that community. There's lots of different ways that, um, people try to help other people solve this problem, versus if you are creating in a space that is literally anything other than gaming, it's typically gonna be a lot easier to be discovered and to to have your content seen. But that being said, just because your content is easier to be seen does not necessarily mean that it is going to be easier to grow. Um, Every single genre of creation kind of has its own ceiling in terms of the normal numbers. So like someone who streams uh, Call of Duty... Right. Their potential for growth could be, I don't know, there were people like I think there were like people watching like 60,000 viewer streams um, last week because they had some big announcement or some release or something. So that is a much higher number versus another niche of, let's say, um, let's say like science based streams. Now, in that space, you might get a, like, huge YouTuber who's been creating for a while. Maybe they come over to Twitch and they stream and they have, like, one or 2,000 viewers. But the average person in that space is going to have a, uh, a different level of viewership versus the average person who's streaming, like, Call of Duty, for example. So there are different expectations um, in terms of viewers that you should have depending on the kind of content that you stream. And just because you stream something that is less saturated doesn't necessarily mean that your content itself is going to be more valuable, but it does mean that there's less competition. So once you learn how to make valuable content and how to create stuff that people will actually resonate with, it is going to be easier for you to, assumedly, it's going to be easier for you to attract Um, people in these less saturated spaces, which is typically why people say you need to stream non-saturated games instead of these super saturated things, because it's just easier to find like a niche for yourself and um, create valuable stuff when you're not competing with thousands or millions of other people.
1: So if we think about the core engagement reason, why is someone engaging with your content? As someone who does gaming content, usually people only think of two things with gaming content. One, entertainment value, or two, educational value with gaming content. People think of making this game funny or teaching people how to play this game. That's really all people think about. And if you break yourself out of that mold of gaming content creation, there's a lot of value in making content like art content that is educationally interesting for people or um, entertainment-wise interesting to people and if you are a gaming content creator who wants to make entertaining content you are in the most saturated section of content creation possible but if you are an artist making entertainment content your niche you're carving out the people who are doing art and entertainment is much smaller so in that way as you are making the the reason that someone is engaging with your content might be the same but by changing the topic to something that's less saturated all of a sudden your content is much more valuable to people for example if you are a cooking channel if you want to make cooking content educational cooking content is incredibly saturated here's the recipe for this thing that's what everyone starts off with Um, and if you can add entertainment value to that all of a sudden, it's now more valuable to people doing cooking content because there's much fewer people making entertaining content in cooking than educational content in cooking.
0: Yeah, I'd say I definitely agree with that. Um, let's see. Uh, milk steaks are this? a
1: great meal. Everyone should be making milk steaks on the regular.
0: What is a milk steak?
1: don't don't answer that that don't, sounds don't, horrifying no one, don't, shh, no one answer no one answer what a milk steak is if you know you know okay <laughs> if, you, if you know you know mm.
0: that fits oh, really okay, well I'm with our sorry. milk here xylos <laughs> thank
1: you so much for that sub I, I i was told to shout it out for you as well
0: ashney oh i love it that's awesome love you xylos <laughs> <A little laughs> okay so real quick where can everyone find you zine
1: Hey, you guys can find me on Twitch.tv slash Zinigami or in Zinigami TV on the Twitters or Zinigami on uh, YouTube. You can find me, uh, you can also find me on OnlyFans at Zinigami. There's oh, nothing there yet, but if the uh, if the audience is there, I'm willing to sell feet picks. I'm just waiting for the right number.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, Zini, thanks so much for coming on, even though you're a total pain in my booty. If y'all would like to hire Zinigami, you can go to streamcoach.tv and hire a coach to find him there. He's also one of our coaches inside of SCA, so if you're ever interested in joining Stream Coach Academy, he is one of the coaches that you will be able to have unlimited, oh boy, meetings with. So. I hope y'all love this episode. If you would like, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave a comment on your uh, podcast platform. That's going to help us get in front of more people. We would really, really appreciate it. It would mean the world to us if you would help our show take over the world. I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye!